you get to the gym, you pin your insulin, and then you start drinking your shake immediately. So, and I want people to have 25% of their shake done while they're doing their, their, you know, mobility work, their warm up sets. I want 25% of it down the hatch before you start your first working set. What's up guys. Today, we've got a great topic for you. We're going to discuss growth hormone and insulin timing around your training. We're going to talk about your peri-workout nutrition, what your intra-workout shake should look like, how to consume that through the workout and how to put the whole thing together. Keep in mind, this is for educational purposes only. We don't encourage anybody to actually go out and do this. If you want to jump straight to that, we've got timestamps. It's about 13 minutes in. We open up talking a little bit about some progress pictures we've seen going into the Olympia, a little bit about Killer Sally, that show on Netflix. Plus, we discuss how much muscle can you expect to gain in an off season. If you're new here, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. We've got tons of education and entertainment coming out each week from IFBB pros, experience coaches and educators in our industry. All right, guys, let's get to the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with no Skip Hill. I'm Scott McNally, and of course, I'm here with Andrew Barry. Skip's taking a break this week. Uh, all of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings. We're also brought to you by supplementsource.ca for those of you in Canada. Great deals that change week to week, so keep checking out their website. We're brought to you by uh, Strom Sports Nutrition for those of you in the UK, and we are also brought to you by you guys, the people of Patreon. You guys have uh, given us some good questions that I took on the last couple shows uh, i'm happy to do that and i just put up like a special bonus drugs and stuff that nobody else gets to see so that's for you guys check out patreon andrew what's going on man we're going to hold down the floor today without skip yeah we're going to do our best i mean it's hard to do uh, one of us might actually get like a, a string of sentences together for longer than 30 <laughs> seconds which would be great just it's, kidding skip skip is in waiting he's just stalking us now He's here in the wings, yeah. staring yeah. at us, watching, just waiting for us to fail on our own. That's, I I'm think, what's happening here. I'm surprised he didn't join under like a different Facebook account and like yeah. you know start start dropping like <laughs> some drama or something. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, we're just gonna do a fun little laid back show today. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, if you're new to our channel, uh, Andrew's been coaching for is it 14 years now professionally. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. And yeah. I'm right behind him at about 13. I feel like we're at like 15 and 14 now because we have been saying that for a really long time. That's a good uh, point. And we're here to basically help educate you guys, share our insights and and uh, our knowledge to help you be better at this sport. So if you want to take part in our programming, comment with questions, uh, anything you want to get into, Andrew, any burning desires to talk about anything bodybuilding wise before we get into our questions? <sighs> burning desires you know we were talking about this before how about uh, that update picture of rami from uh, the other day did you hmm. see that one on instagram i think i did he looked in the one where he looked incredible yeah he's like already like two weeks out well i guess they are almost two weeks out but he's it's like he, five this, i think right now right? yeah yeah they're five weeks out but this was like a week ago and he's already chiseled and he is bigger than ever and it's starting to make me think that when chad said that he really didn't get to train much last year like he wasn't lying like he actually got a full mm -hmm. year of training yeah um one thing, though, I did see, and I know his fans are going to beat us up over this. Someone put a pick stitch of his quads from 2020 to 2021. And while they were bigger last year, they did lose some separation. And I think that might be from some 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 wacky injections uh, of some of the 
Huh. Some of the sticky stuff. So this is probably not the picture you're talking about then because you can't see his quads, but I just saw this one. I'm over there right now. Did he post one that shows his legs? No, someone put a pick stitch together oh, from the I Olympia, from, from 2020 Olympia to 2021 Olympia. And he had some crazy separation in 2021, but then 2020, sorry, 2020 and 2021, last year's Olympia that he also won. While they were a little, the sweep was a little bit bigger, the condition, or, or I should say the separation was blurred, maybe huh. indicating some some SEO that kind of didn't precipitate the right way. So. I will tell you what. So we just talked about Rami on uh, It's Just Bodybuilding. Ron made such a great point. You really can't tell how big he is from this picture. Like, he looks big. He's like, yeah, that's a big bodybuilder. But it's mm-hmm. not, and you, I know you've seen him in person. It's not till yeah. you're actually standing. Like, I watched him at the 2020 Arnold Classic in the pump-up room. In fact, if I can find that footage, I'll drop it in post-production cool. here. Dude, yeah. it was crazy, man. And he looked fucking insane. And, like, that wasn't even his best. But just sheer yeah. size was just so crazy to see up close, you know? I'm trying to find a picture now of me next to him. Because I, when I was leaving from the Olympia last year, guess who was in the airport at the same time I was? Big Rami? Uh, yeah, and I'm not usually one to go up and snap pictures with people. Because I know, like, after a long weekend like that, the last thing he wants to do is, like, snap another fan picture. He thinks he's in the clear. He's getting on the plane. He's yeah. going home. He knows he has a million fans when he gets off the plane waiting for him. He yeah. probably just wants to get some sleep. But I did go up to him and ask him for a picture. He's and, cool, uh, he though, man. He's cool like that. Yeah, he's a very nice guy. Very nice guy. I have the best story that we were uh, so I I hung out with the amateur uh, competitors backstage all day at the Arnold Classic. Then uh, the pros came in and Rami was there, obviously, with everybody. You know, everybody goes through their pump up. They do the thing. I'm like with them that whole time. I left. Then I go to get Victoria. She had been like talking at a she was doing a, spe- a talk somewhere and then she came backstage with me. And so this is her first time backstage ever at the Arnold Classic. And there's you like that- the guy you told her not to, <laughs> not to worry about. Like, literally, you're like- <laughs> we came. So we come around the corner. They're side stage. They're not in the like the back green area. They're side stage pumping up. And uh, literally the first thing we see when we turn the corner, Rami's standing right there. He's got his bands, you know, and he's standing there and he remembered me from the morning. He just like gave me a head nod and a fist bump. No way. And Victoria's eyes got big and she was like, you know, that guy, she was like, who are you? I was like, I'm totally getting laid tonight. <laughs> Instant clout. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's, why right. she mar- that's why she married you. It was. And then I just got down on one knee. So there was that. <laughs> You're right though, dude. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, man. Um, yeah. If this is a full 365 days of training or, or longer period of training for I mean, who knows what this could hold, man? Yeah, uh, I think this is going to be probably one of the better Olympias yet um, that we've seen in a while. You know, I mean, yeah. we haven't seen really pictures of Hottie. We haven't seen uh, uh, many updates from Brandon. Um, but, you know, Hunter Labrada released one the other day. He's uh, good, he, too. Yeah, he got fourth last year. He was like. I think at this point in his prep, he was like 255, um, and now he's like something like 272 or something like that. So he's a good like 16 pounds heavier in the same condition at the uh, same point out. So he'll be ma- uh, vastly improved, it sounds like, too. Holy shit. Here's that picture. Hold on a second. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking incredible, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like a lot of people kind of count him out until he actually gets on stage and compares. And then the other thing is, you know, some people, they don't show up under the lights in the pictures the same way. Yeah. I remember last year, a lot of people were like, how did Hunter Labrada beat Nick? How did he get in fourth? It's like, mm. dude, I was there like, you know, six rows back. He absolutely off his shape and his density, his conditioning, everything. His tan was a little wonky. That was really the mm. only thing. Yeah. I remember you know? that. Yeah. Yeah, he's got such nice shape too. You know, it's it's he's a very pleasing bodybuilder. Is he gonna beat Rami? You know, that's probably not gonna happen. But man, I would love to see him next to each other and see what yeah. the progression has looked like, you know? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. You know, here's a story about Hunter too. Like when we did nationals in twenty eighteen when he won the overall, you know, like when people he was already heralded the winner before the show. You know, like <laughs> I remember was, that. I remember that. Yeah, everyone was talking about him, like, oh, it's Hunter's show. Who's going to get the second place card? Who's going to get this or that? But, like, Hunter was, like, probably the most nicest, genuine person backstage. He knew yeah. all the other guys in the class and, yep. like, knew when they qualified or how they looked in their shows leading up to that week. Yeah. Because he commented, he's like, dude, you look great last week, like, at the Easterns. Like, that's a beat. I was like, that's so cool, you look, man. You looked at my pictures? Like, no shit. He said that to you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, we ended up that's uh, we cool. ended up hanging out after the show. He he uh, came to our condo and and we hung out. We went to breakfast. We went to uh, the beach and hung out all day. Uh, no kidding, yeah, man. We, yeah, he's a totally cool guy. We became friends and everything. He's uh, so easy to talk to too, isn't he? Because yeah. So we when we recorded with him, um, Dusty was like, "Oh, here's Hunter's number. It, you know, he's having trouble getting connected. Call him." And I don't know Hunter at all. I never talked to him. And I was like, holy shit. Okay, I'm going to call Hunter. And the second I called him, he was just like, oh, hey, what's up, man? And it like instantly, I was like, yeah. okay, cool. There's people you talk to that like that you get kind of nervous talking to him. People you talk to like Jay Cutler, new Jay mm -hmm. Cutler, like, you know, post contest Jay Cutler. He's another one of those people where it's just like you start talking and it, yeah. they make it so easy. So yeah. that was a that was a cool conversation. And then uh, like maybe two weeks later, I saw him backstage at a show and he remembered me. Like, yeah. I was like, why do you remember me? You know, he's like, oh, what's up, man? How you doing? You know, I, I think there's something to be said about like he was groomed the right way, like yeah. in terms of like his dad being who he was, a true professional ambassador for the sport. You can tell a lot of that rubbed off on him. Yeah, and absolutely. He carried himself as a professional before he even turned pro in terms of representing Labrada, representing Gas, representing himself. Uh, absolutely. You know, he became a brand before he actually turned pro, you know? Yeah. You know who else is really good at that? is our former Mr. Olympia, Brandon Curry. Like, yeah. the dude is a gentleman, you know? Yeah. And, like, he knows who all of us are. He pays yeah. attention to that stuff. And yeah. I, I, to me, you know, obviously that's not his physique. That's not mm -hmm. Hunter's physique. But, man, when I, when I have that type of interaction with these guys, like, that makes me, that, like, that gets me behind them. Like, I root for those yeah. people. You know, you yeah, want to see cool people win, you know? Yeah, yep. you do. You become a fan. Yeah. Yep. You know, oh, I got something we can talk about. Did yeah. you watch Killer Sally yet? Um, I just, so we watched one episode. Did you, three episode series. Did you finish yeah. it? I did finish it. Yeah, it's okay. good. It's, it, they make bodybuilders look so wack. I mean, I know we're weird, but they make it look really weird, you know, especially yeah. the schmoey stuff and the wrestling it's, and all yeah. that good stuff. But um, no, it was good. I, I actually feel real bad for the woman. You know, if it, if it, it sounds like or looks like she really was abused and yeah. um, I feel like the justice system kind of came down on her the wrong way. And if it had happened today, I think she would have gotten like manslaughter or something, a much lesser charge. She ended up getting second degree um, murder charge in 25 years. Uh, 25 or 30 and you know basically the the bulk of the the best part of her life was taken away from her and yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel bad about that. Uh, uh, yeah, so I got through the first episode. I didn't hear about the sentencing yet, but I could gather she was in jail based off of her outfit and the setting for the interview. So it really wasn't that much of a spoiler. But yeah, it, no, just, no. it takes me back too to like a pretty cool time in bodybuilding, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I agree, man, the schmo stuff, like... Net, all of Netflix knows what a schmo is now. Yeah. I don't yeah. think anybody knew that term except for us on the inside, us, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But she did say, you know, out of everybody, like they were the ones that came through for it and helped her with their legal defense, to, you know, helping pay the attorneys and stuff like that. You know, yeah. this community that had kind of been underground in bodybuilding, they came together and um, sent her money to help get her through as much as they could. Yeah. 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 Hey, we got a comment here, Andrew Nolan. Then we'll get to our stuff. He said, uh, I wonder how many people started looking her wrestling videos with men up and started watching them after this. Guess if you're into that kind of thing, you know, maybe she's making a couple extra dollars uh, through royalties or something. Who knows? I don't know. I think it was bigger back in the day. I don't feel like it's as big today, or at least I don't hear about it anymore. Yeah. Um, Remember in the back of like Muscle Mag or, you know, Flex Magazine, there'd be the ads and there'd, there'd be like some of those questionable ads, like, like, I don't even remember how they were worded now, but like you'd get the idea. Like, do you want to wrestle a woman? I'd be like, no. Like, what is this about? The only but number I, do remember them. I called a number in the back of one of the ma- one of the muscle magazines, and that was to a pharmacy in Mexico claiming to sell growth hormone to people in the states. <laughs> I was a kid. I was like seventeen mm-hmm. or something. I, there's no growth hormone coming to me. But I was like, we yeah. had a fourteen year old kid in our gym who. Uh, his parents got mad at him because he stole their credit card and he had ordered what he thought was growth hormone off of some website online. Yeah. And these, these pills came and his parents opened it up and it was like $700 worth of pills. He had charged to their credit card, Ooh. hoping they wouldn't notice. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, let's get to some stuff. We'll no. tackle a few questions here. Like I said, this is just going to be a laid back, uh, abridged episode. We're going to do an interview. So we need to bide our time. Um, we had one here. Um, good stuff has always wanted to get your opinion on how and when to take insulin and HGH in a cycle. There's a lot of different opinions on pre or post workout for insulin, but wanted to get your opinion, the opinion of a professional drug user. Well, Skip's not with us, but you yeah. know, we qualify, I think. I think he's the only self proclaimed professional, professional drug, drug user. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, how to use growth hormone and insulin? I mean, first, let me say that I think that growth hormone, excuse me, growth hormone is going to work. Oh, no you're going to get tore up it. for that burp in the comments. Comment below I, if you hate Andrew Barry. <laughs> I, I did. I did just drink my slightly carbonated sparkling ice. I thought that you got rid of those. I thought those are not on the plane anymore. I broke down and put them back on. I know you what know, you I, mean, man. I, I had a good month. I signed a new client so I could afford them again. There you go. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. But um, anyway, and I think you'll probably agree that, you know, growth hormone is going to work when you take it consistently, uh, regardless of what time you take it, you know, because you'll see a lot of great coaches. Some will say, you know, first thing in the morning. Some people will say before bed. Some people will take, say, take it pre-workout. Some people will say take it post-workout. Some people will split the dosages up. All right. Personally, I don't like to do the split dosing thing because I think it's going to lead more to insulin resistance faster than one bolus dose later in the day. Uh, I also like to put it usually post-workout. Why? Because that's the time you're most insulin sensitive. Okay. Secondarily, um, 
I do think that there you are going to with the IGF one release, right? Because you take growth hormone causes your liver to release IGF one. Uh, I think there's some synergy there um, when you are going to then take some carbs and some insulin. So I do like to stack it preferentially post workout. Um, I do like to use insulin intra workout. That's usually my go to. Uh, but you know, I'll say this, and you might be able to chime in too. As you get older, I find that I have less tolerance with large inter-workout shakes. Huh. Like yeah. when I was 10, 15 years ago, I could do 150 grams of cyclic dextrin or some type of carb source of that nature and you know, take 10, 15 units of insulin and be drinking it like water. Whereas now, you know, depending on where I'm at with my body weight, my food intake, sometimes 40 grams of cyclic dextrin, I'm just like, man, I don't even want to drink this at all. I um, feel like I notice more benefit from less. I'll tell you that. Do you know? Yeah, I feel like, well, here's the thing. I haven't used a lot because my physique isn't where it used to be. I don't need to be hammering the carbs. But yeah, at a point I was at like 200 grams. It was mm -hmm. John was, do, you know, experimenting with all that. And so because of that, Shelby was. And then we mm -hmm. all were. And so we had like huge water jugs. Like you got to have a gallon of water to get that all that, you know, highly burned cyclic dextrin down. Um but so when you, you had, I don't know if you meant pre-workout, you said you like intra-workout insulin. You sp yes. said those words. So does yep. that mean you take it pre or you're using it during the training? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. So yeah, I'm not stopping a set and running to the gym. All right. Here's, here's, here's a typical protocol. We won't say numbers, just, yeah. you know, but um, I have people, they eat their pre-workout meal, protein and carbs, small amount of fat, usually an hour and a half before training. You get to the gym, you pin your insulin. And then you start drinking your shake immediately. So, and I want people to have 25% of their shake done while they're doing their, their, you know, mobility work, their warm up sets. I want 25% of it down the hatch before you start your first working set. Okay. And usually that's just to make sure you get ahead, right? Like we want to make sure that you're not going to go hypo during your training. That's like yeah. the worst thing is to try to play catch up when, when you've taken insulin, forgotten to take your carbs and now your workouts, you either got to put a pause on it or you got to, you know, you know, stop training. You know, like I had a kid, he was supposed to take five units and he accidentally took 50 and Ooh. he immediately called me and he's like, Hey, I think I measured the insulin wrong. Even yeah, though I sent him a picture on how to do it. He's like, I'm sweating. And, um, I'm like, well, you're drinking your carbs. He's like, I already drank the whole drink. And I'm like, well, test your glucose. He calls me back five minutes later and he's like at 58. And I'm like, oh dude, like show me on the needle how much you took. And he, 50 ticks, right? He took 50 units. So I'm like, all right, dude, you're leaving the gym. I need you to go start eating. You're, you're fine. You're going to be completely fine. Don't freak out. Yeah. But we 50 isn't going to kill you, but yeah, you got to It's not going to kill you. Uh, I just didn't want him to feel, you know, because when you feel hypo, you feel a little weird. I didn't want him to associate that now with like, oh God, I'm going to die or I'm in danger yeah. or, and, and then not want to use insulin, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So anyway, you, you pin your insulin, 25% of your intra-workout shake down the hatch by the first working set, finish the drink by the time you get your last exercise. I think that sets you up perfectly. So then you get out of the gym, you uh, cool down your sympathetic nervous system, you're ready to eat within an hour after training. How much water do you tell people to use with their highly burned cyclic dextrin shakes? Yeah, that's a good question because it's based on the amount, right? Yep. Because you can't just take, you know, say 50 grams of cyclic dextrin in a cup of water, you know, that, right. that that's almost like a, 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 a sugary pudding or, a, you know, whatnot. Um, you you want to dilute it enough 
And, and this takes experimentation with people, right? Because you don't want to log them down with so much water that they're not able to train appropriately because their stomach just feels so full. But then you also want to make sure that they're not doing too little water so that it causes a digestive response to their stomach. So, you know, if we're, if we're saying like 50 grams of cyclic dextrin, I usually say one to one and a half liters of fluid. And we might titrate up or down from there based on the experience. Yeah, that's about what I would use too. You know, we should tell people too. I think it's important when we talk about that. You mentioned the term digestive response. I've had people. So I remember back in the day when the idea of doing intras first came out. Back then, we used like initially it was dextrose and BCAA, right? Mm-hmm. And then we we advanced from there, and then we found you know like more complex carbs, waxy maize, and then mm-hmm. it started becoming like, well, we understand this is a time we can really shuttle stuff. And then I started thinking like creatine, you know, mm-hmm. other shit. Um, at a certain point, I think it can become counterproductive. Like I can, I, well, here's what I know. I can get my creatine in pre-workout. Me using creatine intra-workout isn't going to give me like any additional benefits from what I can see. Mm-hmm. So I personally try to keep the shakes intra-workout minimal so that the less, the less compounds we have going in, the less likely we are. And like you said, the amount of water you're using, we can kind of like get in stealth without triggering that digestive response. Why, why do we not want people to have that response? because well, what you're training you're initiating your sympathetic nervous system right your fight or flight you to be able to get pumped up and do your sets to get your maximum um, uh, work done you want the blood in the exercising tissue when you start eating you're going to start like let, let, let's let's juxtapose it with instead of doing cyclic dextrin you're trying to take a bite of steak and rice in between your sets right that, that, that's a far example but or to pizza. illustrate the point could be pizza or pizza or, or, or cheeseburger or whatever it might be right into workout burger burgers yeah when you're eating you're initiating your parasympathetic, your rest and digest response. Those two, when they intersect, it's not good. You're going to be running to the bathroom. You're going to be running to the trash can to throw up. Uh, you're not going to be feeling great because you're sending these mixed signals to your body. And, yeah. you're, and you're going to have a horrible workout because now you're robbing blood from the exercising tissue and throwing it into your gut. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to pull that blood away. And yeah, man, that's like when I found this, that if somebody gets gastric issues during their workout, that's the the number one thing with an intra. I feel like the number one thing is they weren't using enough water. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but then again, like we said, you don't want to get to the point where you're drinking like four liters of water just to get all like to me, that almost defeats the purpose, like because then it slows down your workout. You're not having all the blood in the exercising tissue the way you want it to. And yeah. it's disrupting your workout. So there's a happy medium there. I guess my point is that you can take the intra-workout thing too far. And yeah. I don't think you should think that intra-workout is the end-all be-all because it's the training that's the end-all be-all. You want to try to, um, you know, you, you want to try to add, make it an additive synergistic effect by adding the nutrition through your training, but you don't want to pull from it by either not drinking enough water with the carbohydrate content or not or drinking too much water, which is just bogging you down. Yeah, I totally agree on that, man. So insulin pre- intra workout shake finish that uh toward the end of your workout um then where do we go from there get home take your growth hormone take a shower eat 30 minutes after that 30 minutes 30 minutes after the time you finish training or how does that work no I, I, so i don't put any strict limits or any strict timelines on when you, when you're eating like i want someone to eat when they're hungry right yeah uh 
And, and to me, that, that hunger signal is a signal that your sympathetic nervous system has now shut down and your parasympathetic is ready to accept the meal. Because like, yeah. if you're trying to feed yourself when your digestive system isn't ready for it, food's just going to sit there. Oh, you're going to get diarrhea. It's the worst. When you try to yeah. force feed yourself, it, 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 it's counterproductive and it's going to lead to digestive issues down the line. So, like, you know, I, I say you because most people will get hungry about an hour or so after they're done training. I think that's usually appropriate. But I'll tell you what, as I've gotten older, there's a lot of times where it takes two, two and a half hours before I'm ready to eat again. Hmm. And I actually do things on the way home to try to, and when I get home, I sit and I try to do some uh, deep belly breathing. Okay. Um, when I'm in the shower, I'll do, I'll contrast from a hot to a cold shower to try okay. to help initiate that CNS response to switch it back over. I mean, it, it's actually kind of weird. Uh, last week I trained legs on Tuesday. Yeah. I ate my pre-workout at three, trained legs at four, got out of the gym and I just sat there until like eight o'clock and I still wasn't hungry. And so huh. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go into a fast. My, my body's not. Like, I saw you mention that in the comments. You're like, I just did a fast recently. Yeah. So I imagine it like, I mean, we had a hard leg day too. And I was just so jacked up that there's no way I could eat. I, if I ate, I was going to try to, I was going to throw up. Huh. So I was like, you know what? This is a good day to fast. So I just took a bunch of essential amino acids before I went to bed and I went the whole next day with just one serving of VAAs. And then I ate again around three thirty, four o'clock and I was fine. And I got my appetite back. I wonder what happened with that. Was it like an extra hard leg day or what? Um, uh, I've been finding issues as I get older with my body having issues, um, you know, switching from sympathetic to parasympathetic. I, I really believe that's what it is on top of the appetite, just not being what it used to be um, hmm. as it is. You know, you know, the other thing is I brought my growth hormone intake way down, you know? Okay. I mean, I, I, I probably take three units three days a week now because I only remember to take it. Three <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the worst bodybuilder when it comes to drugs because if I'm in bed and I'm like, oh, I haven't taken my shot yet, I'm not getting up out of bed to go and take that shot. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Free contest, it's a whole other story. But right. when it comes to food or when it comes to the training or you know my mobility work, I'll do that stuff. Obviously, drugs work, but I just don't um, – if there's something I'm going to slide on, it's it's the gear. You know? you know what, man? I've been that way for the last few years too, but I'm not really pushing this last few years yeah. either. When I do get locked in – like 2020 when I was pushing really hard again, I remembered, like I remembered every shot at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're in contest prep, like every little detail matters and you really take it seriously. Um, and, and I think it's a testament to like you, me and Skip are always preaching this. It's the training. It's the things you do at the kitchen table. It's the stuff outside of the drugs that really make the difference and keep the base of your physique. Yeah. And, and I mean, proof and pudding, like I, that's what I do. You know, I, like I said, like if I, like if I'm already in bed and I forgot to take my growth hormone, I'm not getting up and going downstairs and taking it. I'll be like, well, I'll take it tomorrow. Hey, I got one here that I think we can we can kind of elaborate on a little bit, um, because we've seen a lot of people you know transform their physiques. I think we could we could give some some ideas of what people are capable of. The question uh, from Michael Devereaux was question for the next show: What's the most amount? What's oh, my client? Of oh, he's your client. Yeah, he won uh, the supers. Uh I can't remember the name of the show, but it was, I think, eight or 10, 12 weeks ago. Indiana? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's right. He has a Mr. hell of a gym, too, dude. He We had his gym on It's Just Bodybuilding. We did like a little tour. He sent me a video. and oh, I, I didn't know that. I put it up. Yeah. Dusty and I like played his whole gym tour 
on the screen and like commented on all his machines. Dude, he's got a hell of a place over there. Yeah, he was asking me like two weeks ago, like, what do you think would be better? Like, it was something like a Rogers squat or a swing <laughs> squat or a pendulum squat. He's like, what do you think I should add? Like, yeah. he's got that availability to in space and, and money to put into a home gym. He's got a beautiful home gym from the. He takes his progress pictures in there, and I'm always kind of miring and peeking and see what he's. Oh, what's behind him over there? You yeah. Know? So he asks, what's the most amount of actual muscle you guys have had a client gain in one off season? Um, any really wacky metamorphoses? So also too, I thought that we could use this as a conversation of, you know, we have seen a lot of people attempting to grow the most muscle they can. It, it, we try to help put them in the best environment possible. So let's also talk about like, what are people in general capable of and what are the factors yeah. that go into that? Cause you know, obviously it's going to depend, right? Yeah. Well, I think one of the factors is finding the coach or the program that works for you because, you know, sometimes we see people that work with coaches and they're putting on, they're making steady progress, two or three pounds of stage weight from contest to contest year to year or whatever. And then all of a sudden they, you know, maybe they switch coaches and they put on like, 15 pounds of muscle or something in one year. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's like, oh, they graduated to some wacky drug cycle. I think maybe they incorporated insulin or growth hormone where they haven't before, but I do think it's more the nutrition side of things and the programming side of things um, that the coach is doing. Now, in terms of typical progress, I, I mean, I think it's great if an athlete can gain, you know, three to five pounds of actual true muscle, like, like, like stage to stage bone dry. You know what I'm saying? Because you'll see sometimes people will post their pictures and you know, their, their current pro uh, progress pick is right after a cheat meal, after they took a bottle of growth hormone and their, their scale weight might be like 20 pounds heavier. But then when you lose all that water, they're yeah. more like seven pounds heavier, which is still <laughs> obviously dramatic. But yeah. um, I think three to five is a great, um, great point. What about you? Yeah. For somebody that is advanced three to five per year, mm -hmm per stage yeah. pounds. I mean, that's, that's great, man. And look at it this way. So if, if you're already advanced, let's say that you, let's say you got to the top end of light heavyweights, you, mm -hmm. you compete at 198. It, so basically 200 pounds. And if mm -hmm. you can gain, let's say three to five pounds of stage weight per year, really busting ass for four years, you're at the top of heavyweights, like mm -hmm. and the top of heavyweights, is very different physique than the top of light heavy. Like you're a big dude at that well, point. Cause, well, cause you're the same height as you were as a, as a yeah. top of the light heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. now you've added 20 pounds of muscle. You're the same height. Theoretically, not many people grow taller after they're, they've reached their maturation. Right. So yeah, that, that's a wacky improvement. I, yeah. I can think of, um, my client, my client, Corey uh, Smiliak is like that. He's a lift, lift forever. What is it? If you just type in at lift forever, if anyone's listening or wants to check it out, he's made some pretty dramatic improvements. Uh, a shit ton of that has gone to his legs. Uh, oh, he's yeah. really learned how to train properly. Um, and um, I'm trying to think his first show, he was probably like 180, probably like 182 or 183. And then he competed two years after that. And he was like 197. And then we were going to have him do nationals this year. Um, but we, we had some major digestive issues. He just won his class at the Connecticut recently before we decided to pull him out. And he was like 213 or something like that. Oh, yeah. My he point looks really being good. Is, yeah, my point being is that he's he, – if you look at my Instagram, I think I got some pictures up of him. Um, like he's this made one, dramatic, you know, 12, 13-pound improvements every two years that he's gotten on stage. 
Yeah, I don't know where this one was from, but I just saw this one. Yeah, that's court. That was from the Connecticut. Um, was that three weeks ago? Yeah, three okay. weeks ago. So now we brought him into this show knowing that he wasn't one hundred percent in condition. Like he's okay. in good condition. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. but we were going to get him peeled, peeled because we still had uh, five and a half, uh, six weeks um, from nationals at that point before we made the decision for his health. Um, Ooh, here's a here's a before and after one eighty five to two ten. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That looks really 20, good. Yeah, one eighty five to two ten. So yeah, twenty five pounds of muscle um, in three years. Yeah, that's incredible. And how tall is he? Oh, Corey's five. He's probably five nine. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I think he's five nine. Okay. Um, he's he's got a really bright future. Uh, we just got to get his upper body to match his lower body. Um. And um, yeah. And so look for him on stage next year, either that or, or no, sorry, the year after that. We're going to take another two years. But it's not, I guess what we're, you know, that's not like, that's a, that's a lot to gain. That's not typical. Yeah, that's not typical. Yeah. Um, I would say like I, I work with some guys who maybe started out in like the upper, the upper, like, like say like 180, 170, somewhere in there. And that we're able to push to like 250 in the off season after a few years. You know, mm-hmm. I would say to me, that's more average. You know what I mean? Sure. Like that's yep. more average. It's going to take a few years. I think that it's rare that you find those people. I showed you Bill, the pictures of uh, my yeah. client, Bill. In fact, mm-hmm. I wonder if I can pull him up. I'm sure he wouldn't mind if well, I shared this. Let me throw one other example while you're looking. Yeah. Um, Carlos Thomas Jr. Mm. He competed in 2018 as a middleweight. Okay? Yeah. A middle. And he competed at nationals when he won last year. The overall, at, I mean, he had to have been 232, 233. Yeah. So from, let's say he was at the top of the line, you know, top, top of the class, 176 to two at least 225 or 226 he had to been 230 235 though yeah i mean okay so here was bill when we started at 200 pounds it's a big file Mm -hmm. and you can already tell he's got a good frame oh yeah yeah and you know what the thing is too what he has going for him he's a very hard worker this guy Mm -hmm. is an incredibly hard worker he's actually at a point now where he's not sure he wants to get any bigger he was like Mm -hmm. i don't know if i want to compete and stuff which you know at the end of the day i just want to help people reach their goals but exactly and and if you change your mind you're like you know what i didn't want this Mm -hmm. let's see if i can pull up so this one this was over a year so it's not just an off season that was 200 and this is 270 (laughs) yeah (laughs) So like side by side, it's a, I mean, it's not exactly the he, same size, but you know, different human being legs dramatically built legs. came yeah, he up, built some legs, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and that was something he really wanted to work on too was legs. Even his Here's face a, looks more jacked. Yeah. <laughs> he's holding more water here too. Uh, yeah. You know, there was no hams and stuff. So we put hams on back mm-hmm. is something he's really trying to work on, but you know, incredible guy. And, and the thing about him is too, is I would credit him with this. I think that he, I think he has some some ability to like partition into the muscle really well, but I also think that it's just he is one of the hardest workers in the gym that you could meet. Like mm-hmm. I, 
he's one of those people you have to say like, hey, you should probably pull back, you know, yeah. versus you need to push harder. And if no. you have that, man, it's like, you know, really the sky is the limit for a lot of people, you know, yeah. if you can train hard enough. I would say the number one thing, what's the number one thing that holds people back is like, even with getting in shape is that they're yeah. not training hard enough to demand the changes, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. The other point I want to touch on is that, you know, we do get a little caught up with the actual number on the scale. Yes. I, I think it's even more dramatic when someone puts on one or two pounds of stage weight, but people are like, dude, you look like you jumped a class, you yeah. know? And I feel like that's what we've done with Nate over the last six years. Nate's you a know, great example. The scale weight might not be as dramatic. I mean, it's he's put on 60 pounds of muscle, which is crazy, but like from show to show, because he's done so many of them over the last six years, it might only be two pounds, three pounds, but he looks like he's put on 10. And I think yeah. that is, I mean, that's the mark of a really good pro is when you make that one pound change, but it looks like five. I think that's, that's what you should be. That's what you should be going after because it's quality mass. It's mass you're going to keep. It's mass that has detail. It's mass that has, uh, that, that shows like the training has been hard to build it. Yeah, absolutely. And Bill, by the way, if if we were to diet down from that, he was not going to be 270 on stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah. could see, though, I could see with where he was at, I could see it's solid 230s, 230, 230, 233, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see I could see right there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a lot to put on in, in a year or so time, but oh yeah. Let's see if we got one more here while we wait for our guest to arrive. We got Stuart Sutherland guys. We're going to do an interview with him. Um, there was some bunch of stuff here. How about, you know what we don't really talk about a lot is a uh, deep tissue massage question for the next show. Can deep tissue massage help you grow muscle by going to the muscle um, already there by going into the muscle already there and breaking it up for more growth, he says. Well, and I think this comes back to some stuff that Dante published years ago, or didn't publish, but he found in the research papers about fascia being a limiting um, factor to muscular growth. And if you are breaking up the fascia or expanding the fascia on some level, you're making more room for growth. I mean, that's the whole reason why he does the extreme stretching as part of his DC program. Um, so, yeah, I do think there's something to be said, especially if you have um, – like a muscle that's not firing properly because of some type of sticky issue, you know, yeah. like muscles should be running over and back and forth over each other. They shouldn't be glued together like that. And if, if that's inhibiting you from getting full contractions, then it's absolutely limiting your growth potential. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that with, with different muscle groups that I've needed, like you ever have something for you that doesn't, that, that say is a weaker muscle group, a group that you want to work on. And it's also like a real tight muscle. Yeah. No, my hamstrings. <laughs> Hams are a great example. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, have you ever heard of muscle etching? I don't know. I can't remember who. We there's a massage. Us. We got him. Oh, let's cut this. Yeah. Let's cut the scoop. All right. Let's yeah. Cut the we'll just wrap this. We'll just wrap this up. We'll bring Stu in and then we'll we'll say bye. So there's like literally just a little preview of having Stu with us. But at the same time, we are closing the show. So, guys, you'll have to tune back in for the next episode of Blood, Sweat and Gear. We'll be hanging out with uh, Stu Sutherland, Andrew Berry and myself. We'll see you guys soon.